G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcasts from the Vision Radio Network. Remember, you can hear 2020 weekdays on Vision from 10am Australian Eastern Time. We're back talking today about the stirrings and pressures for the rise of Islam in Australia. And because Christians are among the most persecuted peoples in nations where Islam has gained a stronghold, it's not a surprise that Christians are monitoring closely any moves that place religious freedom at risk. One of the concerns is over the push for Islamic finance or Islamic banking in Australia, which is considered to be a precursor to a move towards Sharia law. Author Vicky Jansen has been alerting Australians of the reality of creeping Sharia compliance and the need for a united response. Vicky's back with us today to talk about her latest booklet called Sharia Finance, A Question of Ethics. Vicky, welcome back to 2020. Oh, hello, Neil. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, Vicky, you've released this booklet. It's called Sharia Finance, A Question of Ethics. Uh, with the title, what do you mean a question of ethics? Well, um, I went to a, the Amani Australia Islamic Finance Forum last month, Neil, and uh, there was a gathering there of um, several hundred uh, Sharia finance practitioners or would-be practitioners to discuss um, what it was all about. And I think the point that they brought home very clearly uh, is that it's to be marketed as ethical as, a, as an ethical investment. That, you know, so it is a question of ethics from the marketing point of view. So this is how it's been marketed to us. We need to refer to Sharia finance as ethical finance. But uh, the thing I found interesting there was that they didn't really discuss um, you know, whether or not it actually was ethical <laughs> or not. It was just assumed that was the premise that Sharia finance is ethical finance. It seems to me, Vicky, the biggest problem that anyone has with the idea of uh, what we're calling Sharia finance uh, is the idea that it's like an alternative banking system which is governed by an alternative uh, set of laws. And uh, that's the big issue, isn't it, for Australians? Yes, look, that's exactly right, Neil. I mean... The reality is that it is a, um, it's the financial arm of Sharia law. And so there we have to say, well, hang on, if it's the financial arm of another legal system, doesn't that undermine, you know, the Australian rule of law? Um, and then we have to question with, you know, isn't that seditious? Isn't, uh, isn't, is Sharia actually ethical and whose ethics? Because there's some wildly different ideas of what we call ethical. Uh, even even on the you know so things listed with prostitution and gambling and would include pork and the hospitality industry. So you know the average Australian wouldn't Australian wouldn't really um, promote the idea that pork is an unethical investment or that you know the hospitality industry is is unethical. Uh, so you know it's really not about just tinkering around uh, the edges of some financial product. It's really talking about redefining um, you know our cultural identity and ethics. 
And when we talk about law, uh, obviously the next question is, well, who actually makes that law? You're concerned about the organisation of Islamic cooperation, which is based in Saudi Arabia and uh, and made up of uh, people who are primarily from the Muslim Brotherhood. Well, that's right. I mean, Sharia finance, you know, its philosophical origins are actually from 1920, the founder of the Muslim Brotherhood, and it was actually um, instituted as, uh, you know, as originally as a financial jihad, um, as a struggle, you know, against Western economies to undermine the West. So the fact that we would, you know, embrace it without considering its philosophical origins or the fact um, that, you know, we seem quite happy to uh, shift this money uh, to a Sharia advisory board who are all sort of, Sharia, you know, Sharia religious scholars uh, who would invest in things that really some of us might think are, you know, quite the opposite to ethical. Uh, we actually have no jihadists on some of these Sharia advisory boards. So it's very worrying that we would actually, you know, just send that responsibility offshore to um, a foreign um, religious council, in fact. Uh, what do you say to the idea that, uh, you know, what are you worried about when it comes to the emergence of another banking system? Doesn't that just open up opportunities for Australian business? Isn't that the sort of argument that people use uh, to say that yes, isn't it a good thing for Sharia law? Yes, well, that, that, that is the argument for uh, for it, that it's, a, it's another financial product and it's opening it up. And I would just say, but at what cost? Um, what it is actually is, is even described at the conference that I went to, uh, that it's like another stream and we're moving, you know, money that can, from conventional banks into the Islamic treasury and, they, and, it, and it sort of has to be cleansed, religiously cleansed on the way because it's a con- one contaminated stream moving into this pure stream and it was actually presented in this way and, uh, and, and in order to, you know, cleanse the funds from conventional banks, it has to be, um, you have to pay this thing called zakat, which is giving to charity, and that has to be exclusively Islamic charity. Um, so the whole thing seems incredibly discriminatory um, and socially exclusive, the whole concept behind it, and yet it is actually being promoted as a vehicle of social inclusion because we can all you know, enjoy uh, Sharia finance, invest in Sharia finance. We can have access to it. Uh, but all it seems to me to be doing is to moving... Uh, moving funds from a Western uh, conventional banks to Islamic banks, and uh, and you know under the guise of it being um, an ethical investment and avoiding interest. But if you speak to Sharia practitioners, you can discover that the interest, the cost of banking, is exactly the same. In fact, it just mimics conventional banking, and it's just been relabeled that cost of banking as profit or fees. Um, uh, you know, it's just been relabeled as something else, and actually the cost is the same, if not, um, you know, more costly. Uh, stay with us, Vicky. We'll come back and talk some more shortly. Uh, just concerned uh, about some of the things uh, that you've raised. Uh, one of those is that uh, you're talking about a redistribution of wealth uh, from the un-Islamic yes. to the Islamic, uh, from the secular to the religious. I'll be interested in your comments on that. Stay with us. We'll come back and talk some more shortly. You're listening to the 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. We're back talking about the push for Islamic banking in Australia, which is considered by many to be a precursor to a move towards Sharia law. 
Author Vicky Jansen has been alerting Australians to the reality of creeping Sharia compliance and the need for a united response. There are moves to establish Sharia finance as an alternative to the banking system that we already have here in Australia. Vicky Jansen is back with us today to talk about her latest booklet called Sharia Finance, A Question of Ethics. Vicky, in your booklet you use an analogy that Islamism is like another form of socialism. But in this case, a redistribution of wealth is from the un-Islamic to the Islamic, or from the secular to the religious. Well, uh, when I was actually researching this, Neil, and, and looking to see, well, what is the theology behind it, I did discover that um, that one of the um, primary objectives is, is socio-economic justice, and that is they're said to be moving uh, finance from, you know, taking you know from the have to the have-nots. And, uh, of course, sitting in this forum, I did, you know, hear them talk about this redistribution of wealth, in fact, you know, but we're talking about taking it from conventional banks into Islamic banks and redistributed to Islamic causes. Um, and, you know, although it's trumpeted that we can all benefit from this, it does seem very socialist in nature that you're taking it from, from one place and you're it really, it's not offering any real benefit to anyone else, but, but moving it into another system. Um, and everything just seems to be veiled in religion uh, to be Islamically acceptable. Uh, you know, this whole thing is, is so contrary to the secular ideas that we have um, about commerce and business. Um, so, yeah, so, so that, that's one of the, it's sort of socialist in na- nature. It is a movement of money from one system into another system. And there was talk there about, um, you know, the opportunity that there was for uh, Sharia finance to be used to to purchase uh, Australian farms and uh, Australian interests and, and then we, you know, leasing it back to the Australian to um, manage those interests because they were better at it. And so therefore you're changing, changing the, if you like, the ownership. Uh, you're going from you know, private ownership to uh, what would be, in, in the eyes of the uh, religious Islamic thing, you know, is to state ownership because there is a, a construct, if you like, a theology of the Islamic State. So instead of us owning it, we can get it financed through Sharia finance and then we you know, can lease it off the Islamic State, so to speak. So this whole thing seems to be like a movement of funds, a movement of power, uh, a, you know, a cultural shift. And so it was, it was very interesting. And you're concerned that as Christians, we ought to be resistant to the idea of uh, having Sharia law and Sharia finance uh, implemented here in Australia because uh, because this is a part of what you're seeing as a broader rise of Islam, uh, which has, in a lot of uh, contexts, dreadful and disastrous results for nations, particularly where there's been a predominant Christian base. Well, that's, that's exactly right. The thing is that everywhere around the world that you hear calls for Sharia compliance, you also hear the calls for the Sharia state, this exclusively, you know, Islamic state. And in those places, whether it be in the uh, southern Philippines or Sudan or Nigeria or wherever, you, you, you see that uh, there's almost like an ethnic cleansing of non-Muslims, especially Christians in those places. Uh, we're in a terrible state at the moment uh, around the world with minorities in OIC countries. And it's the OIC that, of course, is, is wanting to promote this idea of tolerance in the West. And this OIC is wanting to promote um, Islamic banking. And so 
you know, on the one hand, talking social inclusion and tolerance and promoting these things, but in OIC countries themselves, we see the reverse happening, where non-Muslims, particularly Christians, which we hear a lot about uh, because we are a Christian organisation and, you know, we hear a, a, a lot of reports about the persecution of Christians in OIC countries. And so I think it's time to say, well, you know, is this product really going to be what it says it is? Is it, is it really ethical? Is Sharia compliance actually ethical? Um, and I can't see where it is because everywhere there's a call for Sharia, there is uh, terrible uh, inequalities, human rights abuses and persecution of non-Muslims. So I don't understand how we could possibly package Sharia uh, as ethical from our sort of standards, uh, you know, and it certainly doesn't meet any universal standards of human rights. In fact, um, the OIC sort of was responsible for uh, bringing about the Cairo Declaration of Human Rights, which is an opposition, if you like. It's, you know, it, it's another standard uh, contrary to the UN Declaration of Human Rights. So we don't have universal human rights. We have the UN Declaration and the Cairo Declaration, which is subject to Sharia law. So these are two different streams, two different legal systems, two different you know, world views, and uh, do we want to embrace those things where uh, the non-Muslim is so uh, marginalised? Well, Vicky, this topic is not on the agenda of the major political parties, and I know that uh, in our conversation this is the sort of thing uh, you hope it will become part of the agenda, that uh, the major political parties will begin to talk about in the lead-up to the election. Uh, but the uh, Australian Christians Party, of which you are uh, the Victorian Senate candidate, uh, this is clearly uh, a part of the sorts of things that you'd like to be talking about in the lead-up to uh, the September election. Well, yes, I think that we need to, because I think that um, at the grassroots level, you see there's a disconnect between, if you like, the political speak, the academic speak, and what's really happening on the grassroots levels, where people are getting, um, you know, they, they seem to have they can see that the emperor's got no clothes on, that there's really no tolerance anywhere and we're calling for this and, and we're pretending it exists when it's not existing and I think people are getting frustrated. We need to be able to speak openly and honestly about some of these issues and how we're going to address them, how we're going to stop them from manifesting here and uh, we don't want to, um, you know, start having... Uh, Sharia compliance in other areas. What it means in Malaysia is that 12-year-old girls are not protected from the whole marriage thing. Uh, they, you know, that they will be married off under Sharia law even in Malaysia. Um, you know, polygamy and all these issues. There are lots of issues around our cultural identity and our values and our ethics. And it is a different system. And so I think we need to be very careful about this. It's not just a matter of money, um, it is a matter of changing ethics. You're talking, you're re-now labelling uh, industries that are legitimate Australian industries and you're saying that they're religiously unclean and they're unethical. And by the government endorsing this, they are actually endorsing the idea that somehow this is ethical. There are challenges there, and uh, and I'm sure there's a lot more to be spoken uh, when it comes to this particular issue. I'll point people to your website where they might be able to get a hold of your booklet. It's called Sharia Finance, A Question of Ethics. I'll point people to the website at www.australianchristians.com.au. Vicky Jansen is the author of this booklet. She's also a Victorian Senate candidate in the upcoming election. And uh, Vicky, always good talking about these sorts of issues with you and uh, thanks for your insights today. 
Thank you very much, Neil. I appreciate the opportunity. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.